Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. The podcast is going to bring you all of the brightest minds in the gambling industry. Last week, our first episode, if you missed it, be sure and check that out. Gave you just a brief overview of kind of everything that the Lines is all about. Joined this week again by Dustin Galker. Dustin, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the brightest minds, but I, I am here, in fact. You are, in fact, the brightest minds. And if people want to see just how bright your mind is, follow him on Twitter, on his social medias, and all the things like that, because always dishing out the goods when it comes to the gambling industry news. Now, last week we talked a little bit about this Supreme Court decision. We actually had taped the day that there could have been a ruling obviously that did not come down um so where do we sit with this for the people out there who are wondering when the hell they're going to find out whether or not uh we're going to be able to sports bet anywhere outside of nevada well the next time a decision could possibly come down is on may 14th uh supreme court is actually done hearing oral arguments for this session which ends this summer so all we hear have now is orders of of cases that they're going to hear later or decisions in cases that they've already heard. So right now we're just uh, kind of in a holding pattern. We know several dates in May where a decision could come down, but there's no guarantee it will. And then we're on to June, uh, possibility of several dates in June up till I believe June 25th is the last possible day when a decision could come down. So uh, we're down in the final nitty gritty. Uh, we're you know less than two months and we'll know the uh, result of the case. Now, a lot of people are speculating out there. I know you read all the, the opinions of people that are going on um with this dragging out kind of like it has uh do people feel like this is a good thing a bad thing indifferent or is this just kind of how things work uh i think it's kind of how things work i mean there's several cases argued either before or about around the same time as the sports betting case that haven't had decisions yet the uh, supreme court has a backlog of decisions on on lots of important issues right now so they're actually they're actually read a story that, that they're moving kind of slow but to to you know, read anything into it for this specific case, I think is a, is a little difficult. Uh, you know, people, you know, when people expected it, you know, maybe in, in March or April, and then we had to wait, then you just, then your mind just starts going like, what are they doing? Why are they, why aren't they doing something yet? It's has nothing to do probably with, you know, sports betting specifically. It's just, you know, they had other decisions that they could, they could get out. And now, you know, they have some maybe more difficult ones or they just didn't get around to it yet. There, we, we, there's a lot of variables and to, to speculate on exactly why they're taking so long is kind of a fool's errand, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, the sports betting ruling is very important to you and I and to us and people in the <laughs> yeah. gaming industry. But like every single case that they hear, it's very important to someone else, you know. So it's like while we're sitting here going, man, this is important. This needs to be why are they ruling on this? Like every case they're ruling on is really important to someone, to a group of people somewhere really care about every one of these rulings. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Supreme Court is, you know, dealing with the most important issues in our country, right? You know, to constitutional issues, press press freedom, uh, freedom of speech. Like, these are things that are super important. And, yeah, sports betting, like, this case has wider implications possibly about states' rights. But it's no more or less important than, you know, pretty much everything else. But, yes, to, to you and I who would like to be able to gamble, you know, outside of Nevada legally, uh, it is a big deal. So one of the things that went down this week, the there's a new New Jersey new New Jersey sports betting bill that had been thrown around out there. Why don't you fill people in? And by the way, you can get all the nitty gritty on this at the lines at LegalSportsReport.com. Be sure and get over there and check out the full rundown of all this. But Dustin, give everyone kind of a look at, at what this is. 
Right. So yesterday, uh, a new bill popped up in New Jersey about regulating and taxing sports betting. And if you think that sounds weird, because, hey, didn't New Jersey pass a law about sports betting? And that's why we're in the Supreme Court. You're exactly right. But that law kind of sets up what would amount to unregulated wagering. It doesn't really set up any kind of taxation scheme. It doesn't actually put uh, regulation of sports betting under the state's gaming uh, department. So what really needs to happen if PASPA goes away and New Jersey wins this case is they going to need to go back and actually, you know, legislate it. That's going to happen um, if, if they win. They're not going to just say, oh, anybody can offer sports betting in an un unregulated environment. So, you know, it's all it, this needed to happen. Whether this is the bill, I don't know. But uh, it does put sports betting under the purview of the Division of Gaming Enforcement, allows tracks and casinos to offer sports betting, uh, bans college events that take place in New Jersey or college events involving a, a New Jersey-based school, and then taxes revenue at a pretty reasonable rate, 8% uh, when it's physically placed at a casino or track, online sports revenue taxed at a rate of 12.5%. So that's the, that's the basics of the bill. Just saw it come out yesterday and not exactly sure of the prospects, but you know this is part of the, uh, the dynamic of New Jersey and what's going to go happen moving forward this is one of the things i think it's important to kind of bring up here when we talk about d these various states passing laws and different things like that and you know one of the things that i have noticed along the way and uh one of the things that you point out to people is sometimes these laws kind of get passed and rush through but they don't really have a lot of the details involved in them so it's like you pass a law but where is the tax? What is the actual tax rate? Where is that tax money going to go? How's it going to be distributed? Different things and uh, different things along the way. And so there's there's actually a, a, a lot more steps that need to actually happen before the wheels start turning on these things. Yeah, you can't just say a state's just not going to say, hey, sports betting is illegal. Go for it. Like there's a lot that has to happen. Like, a, like anybody who thinks you can just flip a switch and we're going to have sports betting in a state. Uh, you know, that's not how gaming works in the United States. It's there's going to it takes some amount of. You know, thought on the legislative side takes thoughts once they actually have uh, have a law in the books and regulators deal with it. You have, you know, obviously casinos, tracks, uh, sportsbook operators, all trying to get on the same page. So it's it's a complicated process, and you know, people might be, you know not not happy when they see how slow some of this is going to take and how how long it's going to take like Pennsylvania for instance they have a sports betting law they've done absolutely nothing to regulate sports betting yet in the event of a New Jersey win so yeah it's going to be you know kind of a slog as we actually get the rubber hits the road sometimes with sports betting looking deeper into this New Jersey bill there was the mention of the notorious in our industry integrity fee here uh, do, where do you think this came from? How do you think that this is eventually going to be settled or is it, or do you feel it even is going to be settled? Do you think this is going to be a, an ongoing battle between the leagues and States basically for the foreseeable future? It's definitely going to be an ongoing issue. And actually just a few minutes before I hopped on the podcast with you, saw a story that says that we reported that it had net the bill that we're talking about has an integrity fee where leagues can get reimbursed for costs related to uh, integrity. And then I just saw a story that says that that's not the case, that it's been stripped out of the bill uh, even before it was introduced. So it's interesting, and it's but we know that the Major League Baseball and NBA who have been taking the lead on this and, and lobbying for sports legislation that they favor, they are actually 
actively lobbying in New Jersey, and this that they've they've probably they're probably dismayed to not see the integrity fee in there. They do have some of their other language is in the law in the bill that we've seen. So, um, but it's going to be a push and pull. Leagues, you know, um, whether you think they deserve to be in the conversation or not for being kind of stonewalling sports betting over the years, they're going to be involved because they have uh, you know big checkbooks. They can hire lobbyists, and they're going to they're going to get they're going to succeed sometimes and fail sometimes. But it's going to be like you said, a push and pull for sure. Yeah, it's very 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 interesting and very very the things that go on behind the scenes if we could only be a fly on the wall for some of these right i mean could you imagine having have been you know you and i both set up till the wee hours of the night when the the new york fantasy sports bill was trying to get pushed through and things like that and there were the the play-by-play was they're going into one room now they're going to another room and now this (laughs) small group of people is going into a different room and all the things that are going on there is like just to be a fly in the wall to see what's going on behind the scenes and these would be amazing yeah, we I like to you know joke with people like West Virginia, like league executives were in West Virginia as they were passing their sports betting law this this spring, and they had to make multiple trips or to stay in West Virginia. Like they're these are people who are used to staying in New York, and they're you know not not to make fun of West Virginia, but I'd say New York City executives probably want to be somewhere other than West Virginia generally. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting to think of what's you know I know some of the you know background conversations that have been had in in some of these states, and it's it's to have been there. Would be interesting and it's and they're actually their nba and major league baseball have been reacting really quickly to this their their strategy has developed kind of on the fly but uh it would be be fascinating to know what's going into the process as as they try to get what they want on sports betting i've never been to west virginia have you been to west virginia i've been to a retreat in rural west virginia i used to live in dc and it was very rural uh i know i know people who are it's beautiful country i'm from pennsylvania originally but yeah but it's also all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I all I get all I get of West Virginia is obviously like people making fun of it. Like you never hear anything. It, people always just want to make fun of West Virginia. You don't hear anything awesome about West Virginia. But. Yeah, and even West Virginia. You know, I've talked to I've talked to some of the lawmakers and people involved. Like they they said when they're passing this law, they're tired of being last on things. They want to be. <laughs> they were they were they were proactive on passing this law, and they're they're proud of it, and and they should be. They're going to be you know one of the first movers in sports betting should it become legal via the Supreme Court. So it's uh it's cool to see just because. They're like, hey, we got something right. We're excited. We're going to do this and we're going to do it right. So one of the things that just came out, and again, we keep referencing a lot of this, uh, these the, the articles that are written here. You can, of course, find at thelines.com. You can find at legalsportsreport.com. You can find at onlinepokerreport.com. Anything that's happening in the gaming industry, you're going to be able to read the full breakdowns and everything and opinions on those as well at those three sites. So be sure and get over there on the regular. But one of the things that uh, came down here recently was the news of the, the March madness numbers in Nevada and just how incredible the sports betting handle actually is when it comes to these things. And we always look at the Super Bowl as being, you know, the King of Kings when it comes to betting. And we're talking about single events. That is definitely uh, single day events. That's certainly the case. But what people don't really realize is that that March Madness, because it stretches over such a long period of time and there's so many games in a day and so many people uh, having so many different opportunities to put down money. Um, March Madness just puts a, a ton of money in the coffers of these sports books out here. Yeah, we just saw the numbers over 500 million uh, for handle total amount wagered. Revenue was uh, just under 40 million, I believe, from sports books in March. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know if, if, if I'd highly recommend anybody who's out there who's a sports fan to go to Nevada for the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament because it's amazing. It's, it's uh, just 
packed with people. People are just you know betting, hanging out, watching games. The 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 city is really is really as alive as it is other any other time other than the Super Bowl or a fight night or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's the biggest month outside of the football months, and it just saw we just saw more growth. We continue to see more growth as more casinos have instituted mobile wagering uh, from for instead of just having wagering at their physical sports books. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big time um, driving, you know, not driving straight revenue and also just driving visits. People go there and that's what other States are trying hoping to see too, when they legalize They're hoping people will come to their casinos, bet on sports, watch the games, and then, you know, do something else, uh, stay at a hotel, eat at a restaurant, play the table game, something like that. That's, that's some of the value in sports betting beyond just a, a straight revenue perspective. Absolutely. And that's a perfect segue here to kind of uh, the meat of, of one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this, on this episode. And that is basically what comes down to, should this go our way in the Supreme court, like many believe that it will, and other States start to, legalized sports betting how will this affect nevada and this is kind of one of the things that we went through when you know online gaming started happening when casino licenses started getting doubled out across the united states you know even 20 30 years ago um, i'm originally from louisiana i remember when casinos were going to start popping up in louisiana wherever i lived and things like that and people were talking about oh man this is going to be the death of Las Vegas and Nevada and blah, 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 blah. And so, of course, that seems to be one of the narratives that has popped up out of this whole thing with the Supreme Court is what is going to happen to Nevada? What's going to happen to Nevada sports books? How's that going to go? And I think you brought up a good point right there just in something that you were talking about is, uh, I, you know, I personally don't believe this is going to have any effect whatsoever when it comes to Nevada. I mean, at the end of the day, there's casinos and there's gambling all over the United States right now. And, you know, Nevada tourism has actually never been better. The, the, the uh, hotel occupancy rates are still incredibly high. And when it all comes down to it, it's, it's become more of an experience based thing. And that's what you're, you're talking about here is like that opening weekend of March madness. You can, you can bet on the normal games throughout the season at your local sports book, but being in Las Vegas for like an opening weekend of March Madness or for a Super Bowl or for bowl season or even the Kentucky Derby, stuff like that. I don't think that's ever really going to become old to, to, to people, at least not in our lifetimes. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what's your take on that and how do you feel? Do you think I'm off base here? Oh, not at all. I think I think people saying that you know Nevada, nobody's going to fly to Nevada to, to watch sports or bet on sports is, is kind of silly. Like it's, I think it's... It, these, there could be minimal impact. I mean, we're also talking not that many states are going to legalize it right off the bat. We're you know, like right now we're at a pretty small number of states, so it's not like everybody has this instant access to sports betting. And you can also bet on sports pretty easily at offshore books right now. And people still go to Nevada. They still go and sit in the sports books and, and do the other things. Like, and we're yeah, just I just don't think that we're going to see you know, people not go to Nevada to. I mean, they may not go specifically to bet on sports if they have it, but they're still going to go and do it. It's it's uh, it's part of the experience, like you said. Um, I definitely think that I think there's even a, I think our colleague Chris Grove was making the point uh, today too that is there's even a possibility that people will say will say will get a taste of sports betting and want to go do the Las Vegas version of it, which is bigger, easier, more more to do, just more action, and that's a very possibility. We saw like there's we saw poker kind of explode in the early 2000s and people started going to Vegas because they wanted to play poker in the big poker rooms, right? They and, and so we, we could see it. 
You couldn't yeah. get a seat. I mean, it was like waiting lists for hours at a time. The casinos were making poker rooms, these gigantic spectacles within the casinos and things like that. And yeah, I mean, it was, it, you can get the taste in your local book, but I think at the end of the day, if you really kind of want to see what it's all about, I still think there's going to be a healthy contingent of people who want to make that trip to Las Vegas. And plus it's, it could be just a complimentary thing to part of another vacation, right? I mean, there's the five diamond restaurants. There's the, the, the shows that, you know, people travel from all over the world to come see just the various crazy things that you get with the Las Vegas experience. Now you wrap that around a Super Bowl, you wrap that around a March Madness, you wrap that around a Kentucky Derby or whatever, you know, your betting kind of thing of choice might be. And, and I think this is really and truly uh, it'll it will be a neutral thing to me. I do not think this is going to be to the detriment of Las Vegas. Yeah, and you also see Nevada just becoming a sports town, right? You have the the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which I know even you, uh, the big big I, hockey fan that you are, now now love <laughs> hockey, right? Because it's there and you can bet on it. I was able to adopt the team and not become a bandwagon fan because I did not have a team before. So <laughs> it was like this is what I preach to people. Listen. I grew up in, in northern Louisiana, and there was the Dallas Stars didn't come to later in my lifetime. So it really, when it comes down to it, there was not a hockey team within hundreds of miles of where I grew up, and there wasn't all the regional sports networks and things like that. So I didn't grow up with a hockey team that I even watched whatsoever. So I was able to jump on this Golden Knights bandwagon and actually claim them as my own, and it, they've been they're my only team I've ever claimed. So I, <laughs> I I don't feel bad. There are a bunch of bandwagon people here that I know like came from New York or from Boston or whatever. And it's like why are you not a fan of your home team what is seriously what is go, what's going on here you can like semi root and claim this golden knights team but like don't abandon your team just because you're you're, you're riding this hot streak out here they're the hottest yeah. thing in sports <laughs> not to go too far afield but also we just we see nevada sports betting numbers uh recently and people are definitely betting on hockey more because the golden knights are there it's uh we they actually don't break out nhl they probably start should start doing that in their revenue numbers but we've seen a noticeable uh, uptick in the other category quote unquote for sports betting in Nevada and that's almost certainly because people are betting on hockey in the Golden Knights so it's uh, it's been a fascinating thing to see over the last you know several months since the the Golden Knights which yeah. launched in the fall happened just, just the phenomena I mean I you know anecdotally um, I was talking to some tourists who were just from the you know the middle of nowhere who were here and they were betting on the Golden Knights when they were here because they had just decided to randomly buy tickets and things like that I mean it, it's a it's a very interesting phenomenon that's going on. I mean, they had no allegiance to the team whatsoever. They just wanted they just wanted action on the team they were about to go see. Right. Yeah. You just like why would like if you're going to a game in Vegas, why wouldn't you plunk a few bucks down? Right. That's, right. that's my that's my thought. Just yeah, just make the experience a little bit better, a little bit more attractive when it all when when all, when things are all said and done. Yeah. I mean, you know, to before we before we get off of this Nevada thing, I mean, the one of the things that's been a big driver here you know, outside of just gaming revenue is these casinos are taking a big focus on promoting the things that you can do outside of just gaming. And part of that has to do with just the sports experience, like you mentioned in, and, and the sports betting thing, I think is actually going to be a, a pretty big, once they have, uh, you know, the, the different casinos in place in different cities and things like that, I can guarantee you we're going to see, 
um, you know, at the Borgata Sportsbook, there's going to be a way to win your way to Vegas for Super Bowl weekend and stuff and stay at MGM or Aria or something like that. Or at the Beau Rivage in Mississippi, you're going to be able to win your way to Vegas to come out here for March Madness opening weekend. Like, they're always going to drive it back to Las Vegas when it comes to these things. So I, I think if anything, it, they'll, they'll figure out a way to try and, and get other people here through the legalization in other states. Which is right. The casino, I mean, the casino interests who are involved in other states often have, you know, interest in either in Vegas or other places too, like MGM, like where, which owns the regatta, which owns casinos and other, some other states that might legalize sports betting. They're definitely, you know, like, uh, th- those are, those are nice properties for them. But yeah, the, I mean, MGM owns like half the strip. So they're probably just, yeah, they, I would say there's certainly ways that are, that you're going to try to get people back to Vegas and experience this that way as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think that, uh, I think Vegas is going to come out just fine. I think people like to always try and predict doom and gloom because for some strange reason it's more fun to do that than it is to say like no everything's gonna be sunny and great you know like that's no fun to say that people like to say like oh no it's gonna be horrible and here's why and things like that and i think sometimes we we get a little overblown with that and it's not really uh the case but speaking of of nevada and other states and you know sticking with new jersey here some other big big news especially if you are one of the people that uh, happened to live in either Nevada or New Jersey and were, were kind of wondering if you were going to be able to scratch your online poker itch the way you used to um, back in the day. Uh, Dustin, you know, what? I guess last night on Monday night, the 30th, uh, at some, some odd hour of the night, they decided to go ahead and we now have a real merged online poker product with the WSOP right now between New Jersey and Nevada. Um, you know, anecdotally here, I play a little bit in Nevada. I do see that the cash table numbers are definitely up. They're rolling out the tournament schedule, and I understand that. I mean, they didn't want to go kind of crazy right off the bat because they didn't know if there were going to be kinks and different things like that. But uh, kind of a big day when you look at it. I understand it's only two state, you know, only a couple states that are that are actually doing this. But you know, it de- definitely gives you hope for the future, right? Yeah, for those of us who played poker pre Black Friday in 2011, this is like uh, it's like the first step toward really something happening in the United States. Like New Jersey and Nevada can now uh, pull players across state lines. That's only uh, available right now at WSOP.com and 888 in New Jersey. Um, but it's a big deal. Yeah, we're gonna we're for the first time people are playing really like. But we Delaware is in the mix a little bit, but Delaware is obviously a really small state. Not not really a lot of poker players there. But we have no, now have New Jersey and Nevada together, and then now we can start seeing some you know momentum if pennsylvania uh, joins us uh they've legalized online casino and poker games already if they join this compact with nevada and jersey suddenly we have we have you know obviously a lot more people in the mix that might say hey other states can say hey let's legalize on poker let's let's join this so we have we have a real shot you know i i know we will probably say this a lot and i may be a little optimistic <laughs> but we have a real shot at like having a real multi-state online poker thing thing going on where it's legal and we have you know some decent prize pools and some decent cash game traffic, which you know for you and I, come from the poker background, would be exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, listen, one of the things that, and I'll be fully you know transparent with how it kind of went down for me here in Nevada when I got here and I was like so excited whenever they launched the online client and launched the online product and. You kind of get going, and, and at the end of the day, the, the prize pools are so were so, 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 so small compared to what you were used to when you were playing, you know, at a full tilt, at a poker stars, at a party poker, or whatever, back in the day, that some of the time, you know, and I think this is the case for, you know, at least a lot of the working people here uh, in Nevada, and I've talked to some people who's, who say the same thing, that 
you know, the juice isn't necessarily worth the squeeze because it's like, am I going to stay up until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, know that I'm going to be tired for work the next day when a first prize is only, you know, 250 bucks or something like that, when, you know, it would almost justify staying up until one o'clock in the morning if you were winning a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars or whatever it might be. And, you know, they're the one of the things that the WSOP has, has come out and said that you know, instantly this makes it to where they're going to be putting out, you know, much, much bigger guaranteed prize pool tournaments, GPPs, if you will, um, in this. And so I think that you'll probably, I, I do think that you will see the numbers increase strictly because I think people will look at this as something now that they consider, you know, quote unquote worth it. You know, like anyone would like to turn $5 into 200, don't get me wrong. But when you consider the time investment and different things that, that, that might come along with, staying up later at night and what, you know, dealing with that the next day at work or dealing with your kids the next morning, whatever it might be. Sometimes I think you look at it from the way of, eh, probably not worth it. I'm not really into it. But when there's a bigger prize, a bigger payoff at the end, I think you're going to see some people actually start firing at this a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, well, we see that at DFS, right? We see, you know, bigger prize pools attract more people. Like it's a, it's definitely a thing. It's, obviously we're not a nationwide thing but we're going to see incrementally bigger prize pools you're going to see that could in turn just have people who were yeah who weren't playing before say hey we're going to play and then yes you you possibly add other states we have new york looking at legalizing online poker possibly this year for the third year in a row so yeah it's it's a thing where you have enough people you get a critical mass and you know things start happening and you start seeing just more people more prize pools and uh yeah it's 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 a it's an exciting time for it's it, like it's like i said one small step but it's still an exciting right. time for online poker it's like the lottery effect whenever you know if the lottery is like 15 million you're like yeah, i'm not gonna bother buying a ticket and then it gets like 90 million you're like oh okay i'll buy a ticket it's like, it's like come on man you still 10 15 million dollars <laughs> like a lot of money like what's wrong with you like 15 million dollars is plenty of money we're like yeah i'm not gonna buy a ticket and then you wait till it gets to 100 million and they're like oh yeah i'll buy a ticket now like it's like you know i'm pretty sure 15 million dollars would would be plenty for most people but you know it's not worth your time buying a ticket until it's 100 million um i tried out the old blast sit and goes dustin um the uh if you guys are not familiar with these this is something that is new to nevada not new to new jersey right like it was it was already in new jersey correct right yeah yeah so new to Nevada, basically it's a four person sit and go, but it's only, it's on a six minute timer. So basically you have six minutes to actually play poker. And then at, at the six minute mark, the game's just over and everyone goes all in until there's a winner. It's, it's, listen, it is incredibly degenerate. It is, it is little to no skill. I played like 10 of them last night. I'm not going to lie. Like they're, they're pretty addicting. They only last like eight minutes. It's uh it's some interesting stuff. And this is like with innovation. Um, you and I talked a little bit earlier and we can kind of move into this with some of the DFS stuff as well. You know, these these poker sites, I think, trying to cater to like maybe even someone like I was talking about the the, the business professional that doesn't really have even, an, you know, even an hour to invest in different things like that, but might want to get a taste here and there. Uh, these things eight minutes long in and out. And uh, I got to admit, they're, they're kind of fun. They're kind of fun. Yeah, I, I I would like to check them out if I could play them here in Oregon where I'm based. But but to the larger point, back to sports betting, you know, Poker Stars just bought a, a major European uh, uh, bookmaker called Skybet, which also has some other other casino and gaming products. But that's what you're going to start seeing. You're going to start seeing poker and sports book cross sold. I mean, more more sports book cross sold to you know pot poker and and an online casino. But that's that's the exciting part for you know people like people in these states are going to have eventually platforms in New Jersey and Pennsylvania where you're going to be able to do all these things at once, which is, you know, that's, you know, that's a little bit foreign. And I mean, they're obviously available via offshore providers, but it's now you're going to have a legal 
dual regulated option in, in more than one state for to, to do all these things kind of all in the same place, which is cool. And to kind of round out here, the the everything that we cover at all the sites here in our in our family here uh, on the DFS side of things, you guys put out an article at Legal Sports Report talking about how the FanDuel and DraftKings are going to try and reach out to the community a little bit more. Um you know, there's a lot of people out there saying too little, too late. There's a lot of people out there saying like, oh, yeah, right. This is just them trying to save face and yada, yada, yada. Um, at the end of the day, um, I look at it this way. It can only be a good thing. Um, you know, how much are they going to really implement from what people are, you know, bitching and moaning about? Don't really know. But um, one of the biggest complaints, and you and I have talked about this. I've talked to other players about this in the DFS community was, that, you know, a lot of times that it just went ignored. There were several things that people were pointing out that seemed to be a pretty obvious fix. And, you know, the sites themselves just chose for whatever reason to kind of turn a blind eye to that. And I think here with something like this, whether it is too little, too late, I my feeling is at least it's something. It's a step in the right direction. What say you? Yeah, I mean, they're trying. They're, they're trying to be responsive to player needs. They probably, they're, they're, to be fair, they were trying before probably and not being very, very successful in, in, in saying what they want to do or you know appeasing players. But yeah, daily fantasy is to a point where you know it's they, they want to grow and they want people to feel like their voices are being heard, right? So if they're if they're just saying no, we know it's best get out of here, screw you. Like, that's not, that's not the best idea. So like we, yeah, we've literally last in a few, few weeks, we've seen actual, you know, op, things from FanDuel and DraftKings specifically tailored toward players and trying to hear their needs and what they want to do. And, you know, you're, if you're, uh, you're trying to attract customers right now, DraftKings for its part is trying to get into the sports betting market. They want to launch a, a sports betting platform in New Jersey. Like you need to be responsive to, to you're getting into a crowded marketplace, right? You need to, if you have, if you have the, the, the trust of players, that's a good thing moving forward for them. Yeah. I just, um, you know, one of the things that is fairly interesting, I guess, when it all comes down to it is, is you know, they're, you know, FanDuel is now going to come out with a new a new players club. They're going to, you know, try and, and, and do all these different little things. It makes you wonder what took so long to kind of make these things get going here. But, you know, there has been some leadership changes within these places and whatnot. And so maybe some of the new people that can actually make decisions decided that, you know, these were all these suggestions that were coming out and uh, from the, from the crowd along the way probably should have been listened to and probably should have been implemented. And, and that's one of the things that I think that people need to kind of realize as well, that, you know, there, there've been a lot of changes made, not only from a, not only from a standpoint, from a regulatory standpoint, but within these organizations as well. I mean, especially over at FanDuel, I mean, there's been a big, big turnover. So maybe there is some people who have different mindsets that can actually pull the trigger and make decisions here. And some of these complaints and things that people have had, might actually start getting addressed. I mean, maybe that's looking at the sunny side of things, but I mean, it's it's it seems like anyway that it's all kind of moving hand in hand with with a lot of the changes that are going on within the actual places themselves. Yeah, and you're seeing, you know, we're in what year two of regulation for real serious regulation in a lot of states. So, like, uh, you know, that's that's created a culture change, right? You can whether whether they'd like to admit it or not, they were doing things a certain way before regulation hit when they passed all these DFS laws starting in uh, in 2016, and now we're in a different different area. People who are now used to, you know, responding when regulators say something or when you know, like it's it's a different world, and I think you know, I think we're seeing some of the results of that where you can't just say screw you, we're going to do what we want. We're 
where we're we're just massively growing companies. We can do whatever we want. There work. There's these are companies that are you know settling in, and you know they have to do this if they want to succeed and survive. Do you feel DFS and sports betting will be able to coexist if there were to be big a big rollout of sports betting? Absolutely. I think they're complementary products. I don't think like, I think people who play DFS like to bet on sports too. I don't think it's going to like suck away your time. Like if you enjoy DFS, you're not just going to say, screw it. I'm going to stop playing DFS and I'm only going to bet on sports. You're going to do both. Right. I think now could it like how much of an impact? I mean, I think we're talking, you know, I don't think it causes the death of DFS or, or people just go away. I think people just have the opportunity to do both. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to start seeing it more on, you know, dual platforms like you said draft like we've said DraftKings wants to roll out a sports book so they're, they're, maybe you have them both on the same platform you're definitely going to start seeing i think dfs possibly on more online gambling op, uh, platforms we see uh, in in new jersey there's a there's actually a parlay dfs kind of product called fast pick where they where you pick players but it's you know it's parlay betting but it's called fantasy sports exists under fantasy sports regulations i think you're going to start seeing you know fantasy sports offered in tandem whether it's gambling or not it's gonna be offered in tandem that's how it's working in europe as they roll it out they put it on the same platform if you want to play it you can but i think that's i think there's actually a chance for it to grow if you see that kind of uh, you know cross sell where you have people have multiple options on the same on the same platform yeah i mean at the end of the day they're in the same family but they're not the same product it's like you know people who play tennis and racquetball or racquetball and squash it's like if you know that yeah they're both racket sports and things like that but they're kind of completely different once you really get going and, and started playing the both of them and i think that if you hopefully that analogy works if people played either either tennis or racquetball or squash or something along the way but i mean the the basically with dfs i mean you're looking at a lot of things that you don't really look at with sports betting and sports betting you're looking at a lot of things you don't really look at with dfs i mean there's not really game theory when it comes to sports betting because you're just betting against the house on one single outcome as opposed to as opposed to whenever you're at you know a, a, a dfs you know when you're making a dfs lineup you're thinking about what other people might do because there's theory involved whenever you're doing stuff like that so i mean they're they're akin they're similar they're in the same family if you will but they're not necessarily the same product so i'm, I'm like you i believe that there's going to be room for both now do i think that dfs is necessarily going to grow during the growth of sports betting i don't really know i think we might be at kind of like a we might be kind of a, a little stagnant where it is right now but i don't think that that's necessarily means that it's going to go under yeah do, do some people play dfs because they just don't have a legal option uh u.s side to, to to bet on sports there there's probably some of that but at the same time like i just don't i just don't buy that people are just going to say ah screw it dfs is over i'm going to stop doing that it's a different thing right it's like 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 you're, you're like you're putting it's a it's a game that a lot of people find fun like you're putting your your what you what you know and research into creating a lineup right and it's a, it's a different thing than just i mean obviously there can be research to go into sports betting but you can also just you know flip a coin and have have action right. on, a, on a on a on a any game that's right. going in on theory, any given night yeah i mean in theory you should be able to flip a coin and in the long term become just a small loser because you lose to juice like i mean that's like in theory that's in sports betting that should be that should work over the long haul right because that's right. just the, that's just the nature of the deal that's why the spread is the way that the spread is is because it's trying to even out uh the way that things are going so pretty interesting pretty interesting i mean i, I again i think it's another one of those things where uh people like to like predict doom and gro doom and gloom as opposed to just saying like eh, i mean probably be the same <laughs> probably just yeah be, hey probably the, be the, same. 
Yeah, Occam's razor stuff's gonna stay the same unless there's some big thing that's not that's gonna change it. Like it's a big thing, yes, but I just don't see like DFS just withering and dying because all of a sudden you can bet on sports. You can bet on sports already. We, we right. know that. So. That's what you're saying. Like if you really wanted to, you could seek out betting on sports. And I don't think there's a this massive contingency of people out there who are like, well, I don't bet on sports because it's it's offshore. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there are. I mean, there are definitely some people who are like that, but I don't think there's a ton of people who, if they really wanted to bet on sports, would would not do it because it's it's happening offshore right i feel like we need to end this because i feel like i'm doing the pitch for for dfs so i feel like DraftKings or fandle is going to come and ask me to do oh, PR they're, for them gonna, after they're this. gonna say they're gonna say who the hell is this dustin kid? <laughs> You're like, Who's this dustin guy this is not the dustin we know like what is going on here this is crazy um okay yeah so we'll we'll go ahead and 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 pinch this off here um another another quality a quality around the world episode here of all the things that have gone on in the gambling industry over the past week. I mean, is there any big news that we, that we missed here? Is there anything that you want to touch on before we go? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we got, we got several States still working on sports betting bills. There's news in Connecticut just, just now as we're, as we're on the podcast about uh, there's a, they're trying to get a bill through before they end their session. Uh, whether they do or not is interesting. Um, you have several other states that uh, Illinois, Michigan might pass online gambling and sports betting, or at least attempt to in in, in tandem. So we have a lot going on still. Um, the, the list of states that we've been talking about could grow still this year. And obviously, a couple months uh, time, hopefully, we'll know exactly what's going on in New Jersey and whether other states will have legal sports betting. And as for all of this. Can you rattle off every Twitter handle here so people can follow and keep up with us between episodes of this wonderful, their new, their new favorite podcast, Dustin, of their new favorite podcast. Can you tell them where they can find the news here? Yeah, we've got the new sports betting site called The Lines. It's at The Lines US on Twitter. Uh, we have LegalSportsReport.com, all the news in the sports betting and daily fantasy sports industries, uh, at LSP Report, and OnlinePokerReport.com, where we cover online gambling, casino, lottery, uh, poker, and all that. That is OPR Updates on Twitter. You didn't give your personal, you got to give your, per, this is the shameless plug time, my friend. Uh, I, I have my Twitter's nonsense. Don't listen to that. But, it, but it's Dustin Gauker, D-U-S-T-I-N-G-O-U-K-E-R. And if you need my needless, if you want, if you want my mindless ramblings, you can follow me on Twitter machine at Matt Brown M2. Um, Dustin, thanks for being here again. Hopefully we have you again next week. Again, we're going to try to get some, uh, some guests rotating in here. Uh, Brett will be back next week and, we will hopefully have a gaggle of new things to talk about, all things going on here in the gambling industry. So thanks for giving us your time. We will see you next week. All right, later on.